Welcome to Move Forth with Grace. I am so glad you're here to immerse yourself into God's Word and to open your heart to His lessons today so that the wisdom of God can move through you and into the lives of those around you and continue in generations to come. Welcome, welcome. Today's podcast is brought to you by Never Bands. These are medical freedom bracelets I created for adults and children. I teamed with a medical ID jewelry company in Texas so that you can equip yourself and your family against the unethical enforcement of the experimental COVID-19 injection and any injections that might come our way in the future, no matter what situation you find yourselves in. By wearing these, we can band together to preserve our medical freedom. Get yours today at www.neverbands.shop. It is also brought to you by the Move Forth brand. On my website, you can find tips on freedom, health, and grace, and ways that I might be helpful to you and your family. You can always reach out to me on my website at www.move-forth.com. I'm reading from the Founders Bible, and it is a New American Standard Bible that does include historical documents from the Founders era. It truly is a beautiful Bible, and I highly recommend one for you and for your family and for your home. And you can find one at www.foundersbible.com. I'm also following the five-day Bible reading plan. You can download and print a copy if you'd like to follow along at www.5daybiblereading.com. Well, today is day 213. And if you have just found the podcast here, we are reading the Bible in a year. But does that mean that you just have to turn this off and wait until January 1st? absolutely not. Please, please don't do that. I don't recommend it at all. Go ahead and jump right in where we are and finish out the year with us here. Come on in and let God speak to your heart and transform your life so that you can build your relationship with him and that you can know his son, Jesus. So come on in. Okay. You can absolutely do that and then pick up on all the episodes before this one. That can be your year Bible experience, or you can just say, you know what, I'm here, and I, I, I'm kind of a day one type of person, so I'm just going to stop this episode. You can absolutely do that. Stop this episode and go to the day one episode and declare that today is your first day in reading the Bible in a year. It's there waiting for you, so jump in. Let's do this, right? And if you've been here since the beginning, Oh my goodness, yay. Thank you so much for doing this. I truly hope that your relationship with God has strengthened, that you feel more peace throughout the day, that you are learning to walk this walk with Christ. It is not for the uh, faint-hearted, right? I mean, it is, it's an incredible journey, and I just hope that you are growing spiritually and strengthening your faith and I'm just so glad that you have chosen to, to do this here, this year. So, today we are going to be reading Ezekiel 7 through 9 and John chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 7, punishment for wickedness foretold. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, thus says the Lord, God to the land of Israel, an end. The end is coming on the four corners of the land. Now the end is upon you, and I will send my anger against you. I will judge you according to your ways and bring all your abominations upon you. For my eye will have no pity on you, nor will I spare you, but I will bring your ways upon you, and your abominations will be among you. When you will know that I am the Lord... Thus says the Lord God, a disaster, a unique disaster, behold, it is coming. An end is coming, 
The end has come. It has awakened against you. Behold, it has come. Your doom has come to you, O inhabitant of the land. The time has come. The day is near. Tumult rather than joyful shouting on the mountains. Now I will shortly pour out my wrath on you and spend my anger against you. Judge you according to your ways and bring on you all your abominations. My eye will show no pity, nor will I spare. I will repay you according to your ways, while your abominations are in your midst. Then you will know that I, the Lord, do the smiting. Behold the day. Behold, it is coming. Your doom has gone forth. The rod has budded. Arrogance has blossomed. Violence has grown into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain. None of their people, none of their wealth, nor anything imminent among them. The time has come, the day has arrived. Let not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller mourn, for wrath is against all their multitude. Indeed, the seller will not regain what he sold as long as they both live, for the vision regarding all their multitude will not be averted, nor will any of them maintain his life by his iniquity. They have blown the trumpet and made everything ready, but no one is going to the battle, for my wrath is against all their multitude." The sword is outside, and the plague and the famine are within. He who is in the field will die by the sword. Famine and the plague will also consume those in the city. Even when their survivors escape, they will be on the mountains, like doves of the valleys, all of them, mourning each over his own iniquity. All hands will hang limp, and all knees will become like water. They will gird themselves with sackcloth, and shuddering will overwhelm them, and shame will be on all faces, and baldness on all their heads." They will fling their silver into the streets, and their gold will become an aberrant thing. Their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. They cannot satisfy their appetite, nor can they fill their stomachs, for their iniquity has become an occasion of stumbling. The temple profaned. They transformed the beauty of his ornaments into pride, and they made the images of their abominations and their detestable things with it. Therefore, I will make it an abhorrent thing to them." I will give it into the hands of the foreigners as plunder and to the wicked of the earth as spoil, and they will profane it. I will also turn my face from them, and they will profane my secret place. Then robbers will enter and profane it. Make the chain, for the land is full of bloody crimes, and the city is full of violence. Therefore, I will bring the worst of the nations, and they will possess their houses. I will also make the pride of the strong ones cease, and their holy places will be profaned. When anguish comes, they will seek peace, but there will be none. Disaster will come upon disaster, and rumor will be added to rumor. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet, but the law will be lost from the priest and counsel from the elders. The king will mourn, the prince will be clothed and with horror, and the hands of the people of the land will tremble. According to their their conduct, I will deal with them, and by their judgments, I will judge them. And they will know that I am the Lord. Vision of Abominations in Israel, Chapter 8. It came about that in the sixth year, on the fifth day of the sixth month, as I was sitting in my house with the elders of Judah, sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell on me there. Then I looked, and behold, a likeness as the appearance of a man from his loins, and downward there was the appearance of fire, and from his loins and upward the appearance of brightness, like the appearance of glowing metal. He stretched out the form of a hand and caught me by a lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem to the entrance of the north gate of the inner court where the seat of the idol of jealousy which provokes to jealousy was located. 
And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, like the appearance which I saw in the plain. Then he said to me, Son of man, raise your eyes now toward the north. So I raised my eyes toward the north, and behold, to the north of the altar gate was this idol of jealousy at the entrance. And he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing, the great abominations which the house of Israel are committing here, so that I would be far from my sanctuary? But yet you will see still greater abominations. Then he brought me to the entrance of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. He said to me, Son of man, now dig through the wall. So I dug through the wall, and behold, an entrance. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked abominations that they are committing here. So I entered and looked, and behold, every form of creeping things and beasts and detestable things, with all the idols of the house of Israel, were carved on the wall all around. Standing in front of them were seventy elders of the house of Israel, with Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, standing among them, each man with his censer in his hand, and the fragrance of the cloud of incense rising. Then he said to me, Son of man, do you see what the elders of the house of Israel are committing in the dark, each man in the room of his carved images? For they say, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. And he said to me, Yet you will see still greater abominations which they are committing. Then he brought me to the entrance of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, women were sitting there weeping for Tammuz. He said to me, Do you see this, son of man? You will see still greater abominations than these. Then he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the entrance to the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about twenty-five men, and their backs to the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they were prostrating themselves eastward toward the sun. He said to me, Do you see this, son of man? Is it too is it too light a thing for the house of Judah to commit the abominations which they have committed here, that they have filled the land with violence and provoked me repeatedly? For behold, they are putting the twig to their nose. Therefore I indeed will deal in wrath. My eye will have no pity, nor will I spare, and though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet I will not listen to them. The Vision of Slaughter, Chapter 9. Then he cried out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, Draw near, O executioners of the city, each with his destroying weapon in his hand. Behold, six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with his shattering weapon in his hand, and among them was a certain man clothed in linen with a writing case at his loins. And they went in and stood beside the bronze altar. Then the glory of the God of Israel went up from the cherub on which it had been to the threshold of the temple, and he called to the man clothed in linen, in those loins was the writing case, in whose loins was the writing case. The Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, even though the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations which are being committed in its midst. But to the others he said in my hearing, Go through the city after him and strike. Do not let your eye have pity and do not spare. Utterly slay old men, young men, maidens, little children, and women. But do not touch any man on whom is the mark, and you shall start from my sanctuary. So they started with the elders who were before the temple. And he said to them, Defile the temple and fill the courts with slain. Go out. Thus they went out and struck down the people in the city. As they were striking the people and I alone was left, 
I fell on my face and cried out, saying, Alas, Lord God, are you destroying the whole remnant of Israel by pouring out your wrath on Jerusalem? Then he said to me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is very, very great, and the land is filled with blood, and the city is full of perversion. For they say, The Lord has forsaken the land, and the Lord does not see. But as for me, my eye will have no pity, nor will I spare, but I will bring their conduct upon their heads. Then behold, the man clothed in linen, at whose loins was the writing case, reported, saying, I have done just as you have commanded me. John chapter 3, the new birth. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed, and I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it is where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit? Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. John's Last Testimony After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he was, spending time with them and baptizing. John also was baptizing in Anon near Salem, because there was much water there, and people were coming and were being baptized. For John had not yet been thrown into prison. Therefore, there arose a discussion on the part of John's disciples with a Jew about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. 
You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard of that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has set his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the word of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. The father loves the son and has given all things to his hand. He who believes in the son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And those are our readings for today. So Ezekiel just still, um, there are visions that Ezekiel is seeing um, and what will happen because of their wickedness, because of their abominations in Israel and the people of Israel in Jerusalem and Judea. And he shows Ezekiel what those are in these visions and um, then shows them the people being slain. I mean, it's just, it's very vivid. It's very vivid. So God is no joke, no joke, right? And then we see here um, in John, you know, in the New Testament, the, why Jesus came. And we have the, I mean, uh, the, the most Probably one of the most well-known verses here, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I love how uh, Jesus talks about Moses as he lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even must the son of man be lifted up. So that is Jesus saying, hey, you know, that was a foreshadowing of me to come to save uh, all of you here and to keep you from the wrath of God and to talk to Nicodemus who, um, you know, was a ruler of, of the Jewish faith um, and to say that you need to be born again and he didn't understand what that was and he was like, what are we supposed to get back in our mother's womb? Like, what are you talking about? And it's just so beautiful, and if you have been born again, uh, I I know that I have been recently, and it's it's amazing to experience that. It truly, truly is, and it's important, and it's a one-time deal. It's a one-time, you know, Jesus is like, all right, let's do this. You coming back? And it's like, heck, yeah, I'm coming back. And, um, but to walk, to walk in the Spirit, that is what we must practice, it, it doesn't just come overnight. It's we have been saved. Absolutely. We have been born again through Jesus. And then it is up to us to choose to walk in the spirit rather than to choose our soul, what we want, what we think, what, what we feel. 
And so that is the struggle, but that is, it's worth every moment. Um, and it's worth to not try to answer to man's laws. We, it's hard. It's very, very hard to do. And so Jesus came to say, hey, all right, look, the law was there. We, we've tried the law. Now just have to have faith in me. Just trust me. Walk with me. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and strength, right? And love your neighbor as yourself and believe in me. And so it's just, it's just so amazing. And it, it just leaves me in just sheer awe <laughs> a lot of the time. We are so very lucky to have Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you for sending your son, your only begotten son, so that we may have eternal life. When we read today Ezekiel and how upset you were and how upset you can get, it is just truly incredible to then read how you sent your only son because you loved us so much and you love us so much still that he came to save us. And we just thank you. We just thank you for the opportunity to be born again and to choose that, to choose to walk the life with Christ. It isn't easy, Lord. It isn't. We we are human. We have a soul that wants to direct our path, our life. And it's up to us to choose the Holy Spirit over all of that. And thank you for your patience with us as we walk this walk with Jesus. And give us the strength to continue and the humility and the perseverance. Thank you for all your blessings, Lord. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. I truly hope that you feel uplifted knowing that you are born again in Jesus. What a relief. The law is no longer above us. Jesus is above it all. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.